Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. I'm TJ Majors. This is Brent Griffin. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Give me what you got here. New leader. I'll watch out for this guy. White flag. Recognize. Go low. Go low. Clear. Bring home. Three wide. Come into the line. Door. Man, that intro sounds new. It's been so long since I heard it. (laughs) (laughs) Brett Griffin, spotter for Clint Boyer, Elliot Sadler, Myatt Snyder. We're back in the house coming off off a fresh case of strep throat (laughs) where I thought I might die. I've got our new full-time co-host in the house, <laughs> Freddie Kraft. (laughs) Freddie, welcome back. Thanks thanks for having me again. TJ's testing in Kansas. and misses yet another show. He misses shows when he feels good. <laughs> yeah. We have our lovely co-host who also was sick last week, which is what? a real reason we didn't have this show. Clearly. Casey. I'm the most important. What I have wrong all with of you? the points. Um, well, Na- what happens in Nashville? Don't stay in Nashville, <laughs> apparently. I had a cold. Yeah. <laughs> I did not have strep. I'm so glad I did not because that would suck. The majority of people listening to our show actually work for a living. I work. <laughs> I'm not saying that you don't work for a living, but I'm saying they've all they've all been to work at some point sick. And right. Sunday of the Vegas race, I thought I was going to die. It was 100 degrees. I had 103 fever. My throat, every time I swallowed, felt like I got hit with a pickaxe, stabbed in my throat. And I could not wait for that race to end, man. But we made it through. Freddie, you're on the show, and you actually finished a race, man. I can't believe it. I was. You had asked me right before the race started on Saturday if I could come, and I you're said, like, oh, no. oh, God, I got to go home early again. This is going to be terrible. So, but, uh, so you, I made it. Uh, one in a row is a streak. One in a row. We've made it. We've yeah. done it now. Well, when uh, TJ asks off next week, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. When TJ asks off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, we just assume he's off. Yeah. <laughs> TJ, can you record Monday at 901? No, I can't. 930? No, how about Tuesday? No, I can't do Tuesdays at all. How about we do Monday at 830? Can't do Monday at 830. So, hey, man, when can you f-ing record your own show? Watch well, I can't do it, and I got to babysit. It's like, okay. Right. Is Joey on the list to test? Did we, did we make no. sure? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we confirmed that or not. Who knows where he's at? Hey, I got an idea. Let's have a test in the middle of the playoff and let half the playoff guys go and the other half not go. That sounds fair. Yeah. yeah. Kansas. Well, and there goes your rant. Yeah. Kansas is uh, an elimination race, I believe, as well, right? I think it's. Uh, yeah. 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 So that sounds awesome. Yeah. Let's let half the guys that are in the playoff go test at Kansas, see if they can learn more than the other half that aren't there, and maybe they won't have an upper hand when they go back in a month. Can you share 
because not everybody right. knows this, how you decide who's going to test. And who's not. This particular test is what we call an organizational test, which okay. means each team, each organization rather, can send one car. Um, I can't help but laugh about that. But uh, so, so basically, one or each organization got to send one car. I mean, we saw guys, or we see guys like Chris Busher that are there you know, that aren't in the playoff. And then obviously there's a half dozen playoff guys there. And then there's some other teams that uh, sent guys um, <laughs> that are kind of funny. So say, so here's one way they, they finagle the rules, though, because you say each organization gets to send one car. Right. Now, right. now you guys, Stuart Haas Racing, have two cars there. Let's be honest. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, Cole Coaster's there. Oh. Cole Coaster's there in a Rick He drives, for, he Rick drives for Rick Ware. Rick Ware, yeah. <laughs> right. Surely Rick Ware, he's, <laughs> he's got a car prepared to go yeah. testing. Uh, you know, you got like Penske's got two cars there. Paul Menard's there in the 21, so that's a... Yeah, but that, he doesn't drive for Penske. Oh, He oh, drives he, for the Wood Brothers. Oh, oh. <laughs> right. Oh, my bad. See, I keep getting that confused. See, like yeah. you guys, you know, Richard Petty Motorsports are on campus at RCR. Yeah. But you're still Richard Petty Motorsports. Yeah, yeah. So you deserve to be able to go test, too. So the the Richmond test where Bubba drove the uh, 43 car. Yeah. With the air quotes at 43 car. That, yeah. Trying to say that wasn't maybe a... That wasn't a Richard Petty car, maybe, you don't think? No. Uh, no way. Doesn't count. <laughs> Does not count. <laughs> These so, rules are bulletproof, Freddie. Oh, oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I apologize. How do you question them? I mean, uh, you know, heck? every once in a while, I have, a, I have an inquiring mind <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> it's a great way of putting it. <laughs> so, uh, so, so us- Casey, you're stressed out. Mm, yeah. You want to tell us what you're stressed out about? <laughs> I mean, there's you're, just a lot of stuff going on. Stress can make you sick. <laughs> you're so, I can't. Help Are you stressed out about bread socks? Because <laughs> they're ridiculous. They're beautiful. I can't. I don't understand. Look at how well they go with my shoes. I don't. How do you get your socks to match your legs? Is what I don't know. <laughs> like, they're the same color. This white. whole thing came together at the last minute. I know that's hard <laughs> to believe. No, he planned it last night. Clearly. He laid this stuff out on Tuesday of last week. <laughs> well, I walked in my closet. And I, and I saw my white Converse, and I was like, wow, I haven't worn these in a while. And it's after Labor Day, and it's about to get where you can't really wear white shoes. So I'm going to wear these. And then I went to my sock drawer, and I'm like, I'm going to wear these. And then I was like, well, I can't wear a shirt that's not kind of red. Are you going for shirt. the clown look today? That's nice. That's really <laughs> Real nice. nice. I mean, come I on. pay you nothing but compliments on what you wear, <laughs> and you're going to say I'm dressed like a clown. Excuse me, I can recall a few times that we won't, we had to edit out. You did not. Well, I can't believe that. Some things happening here. Hey, I just, happen. I just like your hat. I mean, if you're gonna stick with a hat, yeah. that's the one to go with. I like beer. It's a fitting hat. It, it works. Dillner gets mad when I wear a white hat. He also, before the show, told us we can't break any news this week on the one Xfinity yeah. car here at JRM. Yeah. So we'll keep that one to what ourselves. A fun sucker. I know. I mean, He's like, you guys can't break that news. I'm like, I okay. Mean, come on. That's what we do. Yeah. I think that. So we know it's going to happen, but we right. can't say anything. We've been putting under a gag order. So hashtag blame Can donor. I say something? Because I'm only part time here. Can I say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I'm part time. Uh, yeah. Technically. <laughs> well, you were. At this point. Now TJ's part time. He's working on no time. <laughs> so basically just tweet at Dillner because we all know, but we can't share. Yeah. So blame so, Dillner. So before we dive into this thing. I just want to say, as a guy who weighs over 200 pounds, I've never been so happy to put on a lightweight jacket in my life as I was at Richmond. We finally have gotten away from this 100-degree summer heat. It was like probably 70, a little breezy at night at it's Richmond. It's boot weather now. And it wasn't cold enough for a jacket, but I just wanted to put one on. 
Yeah, I went jacketless, but it was nice to not be sweating to death. Um, I also I saw that you had to wear Clemson colors. <laughs> yeah. Very, no. I yeah. Love yeah. Well, I might have. Do I you think I put that on? <laughs> I might have been torturing him a little bit, but he didn't put that on. I'll, I'll vouch Seriously? for the fact that he didn't wear it. I, I don't wear orange. Yeah, be a team player. <laughs> so I called home last week. I'm like, so so I left Vegas and flew home all night, sick. Tim Fedewood took care of me on the plane. What a great nurse that guy is. And I land and I go straight to a hotel because I'm like, there's no way I'm making my kids sick with what I got going on. So go to the doctor, call the doctor, keep staying in touch with him because I'm trying to get well. As y'all well know, it's not fun to travel and be sick. So I call home and I'm like, hey, the doctor said that I probably should get new toothbrushes. So Claudia's like, okay. I got home. One of them's orange. <laughs> threw it straight in the trash. <laughs> Never checked up. Like, grabbed the pink one, brushed my teeth. Thought, wow, this pink toothbrush is great. Trashed orange one immediately. Like, who the, who buys me orange? Any, my kids aren't even allowed to wear orange at Halloween. We don't play that. You are, like, is there a reason? We or? hate Clemson. Clemson. But orange can stand for all other colors, no, too. No, can't. No. No. Just Clemson. We hate Clemson. Clearly. Yes. Go, All right. Well, on that note, how was Richmond? Richmond was uh, not great for me. You know, I, I expected uh, Elliot had a really fast practice. Felt like we were going to have a car to contend to win. And we certainly ran top five for the majority of the night. I think we ended up fifth or sixth. Um, but I thought we were going to be a little bit faster and have a, a little better chance to win with Clint. You know, we were trying some new stuff there and. Obviously missed it, qualified 25th, forfeited points in the first two stages because of our car not being great and where we qualified. I mean, it's really hard when a race goes green like that to pass 15 cars, 16 cars. Um, it was a struggle. I mean, I won't lie to you. So we've dug ourselves on a hole a little bit going into this last race. But, uh, you know, the track itself, the tires, I saw guys passing each other, making runs. I mean, I saw even guys like Jimmy Johnson, who we've seen struggle, drive up through the field a couple times. So I, I thought it put on a good show. I thought the racing up front was great. You know, you coming and going. Guy, you know, Truex was kind of dominating in the beginning. Got that penalty. He had to come from the back. I was impressed. He drove up to, what, third, I think, at third, the end? Yeah, with a loose I mean, wheel. 78 was hauling ass. A, uh, uncontrolled tire, rather. Uh, Kyle starting last because he run on the fence and qualifying and coming up and winning the race. Like you said, though, as fast as the 18 was, he's, I don't think he got any stage points either because it's no. just so hard to make up that ground in 100 laps or 200 laps, whatever it was. So, yeah, but I thought the race was great up front. My race was rather boring. I ran, <laughs> like, 27th the whole race. Book but you finished it. We finished. finished. That's all that matters. Lucas scared me to death because we pitted in that second stage about halfway through yeah. it. And we had to unlap ourselves twice. And I was about to have a heart attack. I was like, okay, obviously we're going to unlap ourselves the first time. The second time I'm going, oh, this is going to be so, so close. Like, everything is going to have to play out perfectly. And then I'm like, well, if it doesn't, maybe we'll get the lucky dog. But – Man, I'm standing on the roof stressed out. I can't imagine being the guy who made the call sitting on the pit box because talk about pressure. We did that all night pretty much like to make up ground because to save us from going two laps down on each stage. So we did it for – we were like one of the first ones to do it. The first one made up. Then other people seen that it worked the first stage. Yeah. Try the second stage. Okay. Third, you know, the final stage, we come up, we do it, and then damn, Matt Kenseth goes and – I mean, we've tortured the kid to 96 on this show before. He wrecked again, by the way. He didn't wreck again. He got wrecked. Oh, that was Matt wrecked him? Matt Kenseth wrecked him to get a caution because he was getting a pit road penalty. So the second they said, Matt, six, you know, commitment line violation, boom, he uh, oh, he turns geez. a 96, puts him straight in the fence. Wow. That was that caution. And we had just pitted, so we got trapped five laps down. And Matt wouldn't do that. that. Nah, nah. I mean, it would look like accident. 
I seen Jeffrey sat next to me on the plane, and I didn't bring up I didn't bring up the time we mentioned him before on this show. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I said, I said, what happened there? I said, you get turned around. He says, man, he just drove straight my door and turned me in the fence. He goes, Jeffrey does happened. like UFC stuff. Yeah, he looks like a UFC guy, but he's not very big. No, he's a little guy. What do you think he weighs? Buck fifty? Yeah. 170 times. He might could whip my ass, <laughs> and he might could whip your ass, but he can't whip my ass and your ass. He ain't that big. <laughs> Casey, let's go. All right, spot on, spot off. Dale Jr. leads the most laps, wins second stage in the Xfinity race at Richmond. Freddie. Uh, spot on. You know, I, I obviously he did a great job. It was kind of better than I expected. He knew he was going to qualify up front because he was one of the only ones to each – each of the first two rounds of qualifying, he only ran one lap and was able to transfer. So he had the best tires going in the last round. Qualified second, started up front, you know, ran up front all day, took the lead there that final stage, was leading a bunch. I looked at Doug, was standing next to me, Campbell, spots for uh, one of BJ McLeod's cars, spots for uh, the 95 on Sunday. I said, a bomb's going to have to go off in this place to get a caution here because he's out front by a straightaway. And sure enough, the damn 15 just goes up and kind of, Hits the wall a little bit. Not bad. And the yellow's out. I'm like, I can't believe they threw that caution. But uh, obviously, spot on for Junior. Good to see him back. Uh, good to see he hasn't lost that old form. And I uh, did a hell of a job. Spot off. How do you <laughs> How do you lead the most laps, win the second stage, and not win the race? Come on, man. <laughs> like, you got the best car. You're the best driver. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, he actually lost the race off pit road. And I think that threw him for a little bit of a loop. And on that restart where he lost it, I think I looked up and he came off after the restart of running around fifth. And, and at that point, it's it's lights out. If you aren't in the top three or four on a restart, you don't have any chance to win at a place like Richmond. But it was awesome to see him back in a car, him doing well, him smiling, fans appreciating it. And and I think the coolest part is, you know, he, he's out there leading the race and you think he's going to win, and you go, well, what are they going to do now? Like, <laughs> what's going to happen if Dell Jr. wins this race? You know, and I'm not thinking about it from the formality standpoint because obviously he's going to spray beer and celebrate. Right. But, like, are people going to be like, he shouldn't have retired. He's got to come back and run well, some Well, I more. feel like people said that already. Like, yeah. I said that. I was like, can you come back again? Like, and I talked I to him, him a few weeks ago, and he, 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 there were a few places where he said he was willing yeah. to run next year, you know, places like Darlington, you know, obviously Richmond, um, Martinsville, some of them that maybe aren't, aren't so rough, you know, that bounce your freaking death. But I just was sitting there watching this going, man, if he wins, what happens next? Like, is this the deal where you, you go, hey, I'm officially not ever racing again in the top three series because I'm leaving here a winner? But it didn't happen, so... Unfortunately, I, the Cinderella story didn't end. I was worried about one guy in the last 50 laps of this race, who was Daniel Hemrick, because oh, I was man. thinking he was getting ready to ruin his career. Yeah. Because he's running Junior down. <laughs> right. He's catching him. He's never won a race before. What are you going to do now? You need to get in the next, <laughs> yeah. you know, you got the Roval coming up. You need to get to the next round. Right. Are you going to move Junior out of the way to win this race and I feel ruin like your entire career? Anybody <laughs> that was around him was like, all right, what do I do? And the, and the cool part is, isn't Daniel from Kannapolis? Yeah, he's yeah. from Kannapolis. The home of Dale Earnhardt. Yeah. There's a statue, the Intimidators, Dale Earnhardt Way. Like, so I really was sitting there looking at that, too, thinking, how cool is it that a kid from Kannapolis is catching the Intimidator's son, the, the Intimidator Junior, you know? Yeah. But it didn't play out. No. Because so we he got just a has cost. to come back, like a few more races. Yeah, done. It was cool to see He's him out there. Sign him up. Done. All right, spot on, spot off. Ross Chastain's three race run in the forty two Xfinity car. Brett, I spot off for it being over. 
I know. Like, I mean, I look at this guy, and, and he won the first four stages that he ever competed. You know, he goes out, wins stage one at Darlington, wins stage two at Darlington, wrecks himself with Kevin Harvick, which we've, we've already spoke to on this show uh, about. He was going to run top three that day. Goes out in the next race, wins stage one, wins stage two, wins the race. Comes out at Richmond, qualifies decent, runs well, finishes top three. Didn't he finish third? Yeah. I mean, how can you – for me, as a fan, you know, if I take my spotter hat off and my manager hat off and my marketing guy hat off, as a fan, this guy is the biggest news of the year across all three series. Who the hell thought Ross Chastain – was going to come out and go from Clark Kent to Superman. I mean, literally, he gets out of a car that, that is a 25th place car every week, gets into a car that can contend that, oh, by the way, Larson hadn't done this all year in this car. Nemechek hadn't done this all year in this car. Ross Chastain looked the best of anybody all year long in this 42 Xfinity car. Jamie McMurray's run this car some. Nobody has done what this kid has done. So for me to sit here and watch it 100% spot on, I'm really glad from Elliot Sadler and, and Brett Griffin and the one team standpoint that he's not in this 42 Xfinity car for the rest of the playoff because I think he becomes the immediate favorite if he is. Yeah, uh, spot on for sure. Uh, I, I think I tweeted about this the other night, like watching the truck race at Vegas. Yeah. Uh, he drove that 15 truck, Premium Motorsports. Who? Yes, exactly. <laughs> like nowhere near the equipment. I even text Tommy Baldwin during the race because he was up there. I mean, he finished seventh or eighth through attrition but like in the middle part of that race he was running eighth or ninth up in the top 10 and i had text tommy i said man this kid is driving his ass off like he's doing a hell of a job and tommy's like that truck is 12 years old 12 he's like and that doesn't sound like it's that old to like maybe the layman but that is like ancient history in our world you know what i mean so to for he performed that night goes out the next day you know wins the race wins the xfinity race made me look good on the twitter uh but uh (laughs) but so like we were talking about this the other day like, basically, these three races are going to propel him, I think, to the next round. Of I was this, just about to ask that. This. Do you think he has he, enough he jumped, now? He jumped from last in the chase, going in the chase, to where do you, where do you start? Fifth or sixth in points? Yeah. Just on the, pro, you know, the stage bonus wins. Points. Bonus win. points. He jumped, like, five or six guys in the points. Has a good run this week. Gets bonus points. He's probably, I don't know, fourth or fifth in points right now. And he's just really got to maintain that with Johnny Davis stuff, which Roval, anything could happen. And in Dover, he, he can, he can, he's capable of running the top 15 with, at Dover and that stuff. So, I mean, that's going to get him to the next round. Now, after that, he's probably going to take a tumble. But, um, you know, like, just like Brett said, it's, just, it's probably a good thing for everybody in this building that he's not going to be in this car the rest so of the time. So let me ask you this. Going into next year with all the silly season stuff, what do you think the odds are of him going to another team? I think Dell Jr. said it best. I mean, it's a sh- it'll be a real shame if he isn't in a top-notch car. I, I mean, I'm going to say something that sounds profound, <laughs> but they've announced McMurray's out of the one. Right. You know, everybody has rumored Kurt Busch to go into the one. But, you know, Kurt Busch is over 40 years old. Guy's accomplished a lot as a race car driver. Can certainly help an organization. But this guy has is- got his hand up in the air saying, pick me. Not only at Ganassi, but at any other ride that's available. Right. I mean, I don't know how you can – it's a damn travesty if Ross Chastain doesn't get a full-time competitive ride in one of the top three series. And we see this model where we have you know NASCAR executives going on the record saying we don't have a sponsorship problem. Let me tell you something. If this kid can't get a full-time ride – 
it's because we have a sponsorship problem because he certainly warrants the opportunity to go out proved it, yep. and go out and compete at a high level. I mean, I'm telling you, for me as a guy that's not an if I, if I've said I'm not an industry person, this is the biggest surprise of the year. He didn't go out and and do good at tracks that are easy with no guys there. I mean, he went out at Darlington. They don't get any freaking harder. Yeah. You know, Richmond, that's a hard racetrack. Yeah. Um, it, Vegas. And it's not only – I got no cup guys that can't drive Vegas. I mean, it's not only the 42 car. I mean, he gets the most out of that Johnny Davis car when he drives it. He like, runs he put, it better you know, than it should he, be He running. gets the most out of it. I mean, you don't ever see him on Sunday, but he drives the 15 car. Like he's got some sense. A lap or two lap better than anybody else that's ever been in it. And, yeah. he get, you know, like he races you hard, and, and that's his job. You know, that's why he's in the position he's in. But – like, he gets the most out of everything he gets into. I don't know Ross Chastain. I know he's a watermelon farmer. I know Pageland, South Carolina is a watermelon <laughs> capital of the world. So I know he's heard of that. Yeah. Um, he man, is a really good, like, genuine guy. Yep. Yeah. He's always been great to work with. Yeah. So, so, so the story that I heard is that, you know, he drives a motor home for a marketing company when he's not, you know, doing other things that he does. And, and through this marketing company, he met the president of D.C. Solar because he's been driving his bus around some, and I don't know if this is true or not, but he's been driving this bus around some, meets his president, and all of a sudden the president's like, hey, man, we got a couple races for sale at Ganassi. Why don't we put you in it and give you a shot? Bam! Like, holy cow, how many Ross Chastains are there in this world? That's what I was about to say. If you look at the rest of the sport now, I mean, if any of these other guys that maybe are running 15, 20 and back – there's a lot of guys a running on daddy's money that we could move aside and yeah. put these guys in the car and see a hell of a lot better show. This well, is, I'm blown away by what that kid accomplished I mean, in and, three weeks. And you could tell his personality by, where was it, Vegas, where, I mean, it wasn't very smart on his part, but he did it because it was somebody that he looked, you know, eye to eye with, was letting Ryan Priest back on, or giving Ryan Priest a lap back. Right. And his crew chief got on him. We've seen a, you know, a couple of tweets of their radio communication with the crew chief. Like, hey, that's no more of that. You know, yeah. you're, you're, yeah. you we're going to end up racing this guy, which Ryan got the lucky dog the next caution and was up there yeah. racing again. Yeah. But Ross said, hey, man, that's a, that's a guy just like me. I'm trying to help him out. You know what I mean? So it just goes to show you what kind of kid he is also. Yeah. I, I, again, I don't know him, but holy cow. Yeah. Give him a shot. Cool. Uh, Newman to Roush in 2019, as well as other silly season rumors heating up. Spot on, spot off. Freddie? Uh, spot on for silly season. Gives us something to talk about for sure. Yeah. Uh, Newman, I don't know. You know, I'm I'm kind of affiliated with the uh, RCR deal over there, and the, the ship's starting to turn around. So I don't know the timing of jumping. I don't know the details if he had an option to come back there or if he's just kind of taking the money and running right now. But, you know, spot on for Ryan getting a ride. Uh, he's got a place to go. There's going to be some guys that are left uh, holding their hat at the end of the year. So um, he's got a spot. He's got a good landing spot. They'll be fast at plate races. Uh uh, you know, I haven't seen much turnaround over there since I was there a couple of years ago. But, you know, good for Ryan. And uh, obviously, silly season hitting up gives us something to chat about. Spot off. I'm saying spot <laughs> off on everything today. Uh, you're leaving to RCR to go to uh, Roush. So when I, when I look at guys who make moves, they make moves to better themselves. And you better <laughs> yourself either from a performance standpoint or a financial standpoint. I'm not sure either one of those is going to be better. I mean, I really look at this as a as a parallel move at best. But there's also some sponsorship rumors around Gander coming back into the sport and playing a role there. And, uh, you know, if, if that ends up being on Newman's car, that's a great fit. We know he's a big outdoorsman. I'm, I'm just surprised, you know. I mean, we look at uh, Matt and Trevor been swapping that ride back and forth. You can't really tell who's in it and who's not in it, which we didn't necessarily see coming. So I don't know what Newman's expectations are 
but there's a lot of silly season stuff heating up. I mean, we're we're hearing that Priest's deal with JTG is going to be official very soon, as soon as this week. You know, Daniel Daniel Suarez has got to go somewhere. Right. You know, uh, that's going to be the 31 or 41, depending on what plays out with those scenarios. We've heard Hemrick's name a lot of places in the Cup Series, which I think he's somewhat deserving of. I mean, you want to see guys win races at the series they're in before they move up. But guess who else didn't do that? Jimmy Johnson. Turns out he's all right. So um, (laughs) a lot of silly season stuff still to play out. Who's to the 95? You know, two months ago. Man, the, the if they don't hire Jamie McMurray, they're crazy. But I, I'm hearing guys like Dibbon and Detto, and I'm sorry if I can't say your name, right, <laughs> but that's a lot that was, of consonants and vowels. Close, man. Yeah, good job there. It's close. Yeah, Matt D. Yeah, call him Matt D. Burrito, isn't that what they call him? Yeah, it's a burrito. Hearing that name, you know, I think Gibbs and and those guys are working hard on alliance together to fill the void of the '78. You know, leaving the Toyota camp or being forced out of the Toyota camp, depending <laughs> on which story you believe. So I think Gibbs is probably going to have a lot of say in who that driver ultimately is. And, and we got to say, I mean, common sense, Freddie, this this 95 car, if it's going to be a Toyota, it's only going to need a driver for a year because Christopher Bell already needs a place to go. I would put him in the 95 car tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the hesitation is on Toyota's part to keep him. And I mean, it's, obviously, you want to continue to get better in the Xfinity series. He's going to win. He's going to contend for championships. He's probably between him and Justin right now. I'd call the favorite for the you know Xfinity championship this year. But like you know, there's other Toyota guys. Like you said, you know, there's a guy Brett Moffitt that's doing really well in the truck that obviously doesn't have anything lined up next year. He could slide in that 95 for a year and see what he has. But like you said, it's kind of just a rental until Christopher's ready. And if this if this deal is going to go to Toyota and kind of come under the Gibbs umbrella, I think that's obviously the next landing spot for Christopher. But um, what about 41? I mean, in-house over there, you, you, you know, uh, no thoughts on that one? Man, I'll be honest with you. You know, I, I looked at the, the roster the other day and I said, okay. And I'm not a big hire recycle guys at this point because – you know, the it, it, it's all about objectives, right? Like the 95 car for me, if I'm looking at their business model, it is get this established, get it consistent. Let's not push Christopher Bell in a, in a place to fail, right? Let's, let's do all these things that we want to do to this program, get it to where it can consistently run top 15, top 18, and then put him in there, right? Then we can assess how well is Christopher Bell compared to our equipment. You know, when I look at the 41, the 41 isn't a development car. It's not a, a car that they're going to put out there just to go out and, and, and log laps. Yeah. No, it is a playoff car. It's a championship car. You look at Kurt Busch last year, wins a Daytona 500 playoff contender this year. You know, he's won a race, won Bristol uh, playoff car. Like the, Gene Haas doesn't do what he does to bring a guy in that's not a playoff caliber driver. I think if I were going to go out and get a guy and he weren't, you know, in, in the full-time Cup Series right now, I would probably go get a guy like Brett Moffitt because I think you could get him uh, fairly inexpensive. Uh, I think he can drive the hell of a race car. He does have some cup experience when he drove for MWR. He did some really good things there at tough places like Atlanta. Um, he would be a guy that I would look at. You know, from a pure momentum standpoint, Justin Allgaier. I mean, here's a guy that's won five races in Xfinity this year. Um, I still see him race dumb sometimes, though. Saw him do it this weekend. Go four wide in the corner and turn three at Richmond where there's not room. You know, be racing for seventh and race the dog 
out of a guy um, that's caught you from a straightaway back three times. Like for me, there's still some things that has to click common sense wise. And but you know what, man? Maybe he's Robbie Gordon. Maybe he's Ryan Newman. Or maybe he hangs his hat on being I'm really tough to pass all the time, no matter whether it's for position or not, with 50 to go or 100 to go or halfway through the race. But I would say those two guys outside of the full time Cup drivers catch my eye. I think money plays a big deal nowadays, like more so now than it has in the past, and that's why some of these younger guys are getting opportunities. Like you look at the one car, and you got Kurt Busch sitting there, who's obviously going to command probably, what do you think, quadruple the payroll that you got to think so. Ross Chastain would command. Hundred percent. Now, are you going to get quadruple the performance out of Kurt Busch versus Ross Chastain? Are you going to put him in the car, and is he going to win races versus Ross running? 15th we you know thought, what I mean? yeah but we don't know now yeah like you don't like you don't know like i just think money is playing a much bigger issue now for these teams salary wise on the drivers than it has in the past where now they have to look at that and i think that's kind of one of the reasons why ryan priest is getting an opportunity over some of the guys that are there already making more money so you know i think like they look at it like all right we can put ryan in there save money and get the same exact results if not better than what we're getting right now so i, I think money's also playing a part now to where you know these guys got to make a decision on that yeah Tell Junior said these guys are making too much money anyway. Well, Remember I'm sure that? he did now that he's retired. <laughs> hey, I'm retiring. These guys make too much money. See you. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> There's been a lot of uh, talk on this one. Twitter emojis on the car. Oh. Spot on. Spot on. How are you going to go spot on for this one? <laughs> what? These, he's just trying to be difficult. These no, big square boxes look awesome on these paint <laughs> schemes. You know, they're right behind our A post or right under our A post. Man, whoever designed these did a phenomenal <laughs> job of making them stick out like a sore thumb. I think you like beer too much. <laughs> no, honestly, you know, the contingency program that NASCAR has in place allows teams to be paid. So if you run that sticker that says you're, award, you know, F and Freddie's pole award, you're going to get, <laughs> you know, $1,000 when your team wins it. Wow. $1,000. Hey, <laughs> like that pays for so much around here these days. So what NASCAR has done to the teams, it says, hey, we're going to give you this space back. So this is the team's attempt to go out and value that space. So they put these stupid little five by five boxes or whatever they are to figure out what this space is actually worth so that when they go as an organization or as a RTA or whatever it is they're doing, it gives them an opportunity to monetize it in addition to whatever value they're going to bring from an organizational standpoint. So as ugly as they are on the car, and I agree they're ugly, it could be a really big positive for the team. So I'm spot on. I think I'm, I'm obviously spot off on the way they look. They look so like I think it was juniors downloaded last week that I heard that like they look ridiculous. Some of them, you know, you've got a yellow car, with black stripes, white box right <laughs> in front of them. And I'm like, if all you got to do is, I mean, just leave it up to the teams. Like, yeah, we need you to have this logo here. Right. However you want to do it. Like, yeah. just make, you know, make sure the logo sticks out, whatever mm -hmm. you want to do. But just have a little bit of sense about the branding, the the way it looks. Cause, and then, like, I don't understand. I understand the playoff guys running the logo. Like, their logos are, you know, you know right. you're going to draw attention. But the non-playoff guys having to run the Twitter logo, like, why not just run their logo? I feel well, like I mean, they could have like, just done like, a I don't understand why we just have this giant, like, our car has a but giant here's the thing. Twitter logo on the we, side. We had the Williams sister the other day and the umpire screaming at each other. And, and so we're all at a restaurant or we're at a bar after the fact, and we're talking about women's tennis. And we're talking about 
a tennis player screaming at an umpire. The fact that all that happened created a conversation. And Madonna said it best. Bad publicity is still publicity. <laughs> even though this is ugly, and even though we don't all necessarily agree that it's the thing to do, we're all talking, talking about, about it, it. And that's what we need to be able to monetize this space. So do I think that <laughs> Go, Clint, Go is <laughs> the big truck at its best funny? <laughs> yes. Do I think? Hashtag for the cup is funny. Do I think all these things? Am I rolling? <laughs> like, like I see, I see all these things, and I'm like, what? But it created conversation. Jason's in PR school. PR is is, is positive yeah. conversation, and it's ugly, but it's still conversation. Am I rolling? Nothing else to say. Do you remind Clint, go Clint, go during the race? Yeah, do you say that? <laughs> go Clint, go, go to the green. <laughs> Can that be on our new intro? Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Goodness. It's like, let's let their kids design these things. Yeah, that's what it, make up the I mean, it looks like, like you know, the, con- the contest used to have, like, all right, let's draw the paint. The little kids yeah. draw the paint scheme up. Yeah. Yeah. All right, there you go. Have at it. Blaney's looks nothing like him. He's uh, like an, he looks like yeah. a dude from Dodgeball. Yeah. What is his hashtag? No idea. Yeah. Oh well, I, oh well. I guess that's prob- part of the problem too. Yeah, Austin Dillon's logo looks awesome on there. His don't look bad on a white car. I mean, it's a white car at least. It looks like. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> it's, it, look, they could have done a better job. All right. Before we take a break, um, we lost another incredible member of the racing community. Um, so, want to take a moment of silence for uh, Greg Hodnett. This is your Exalta Race Center update. I'm Matthew Dillner. NASCAR had quite the weekend at the newly renovated Richmond Raceway. On Friday night, the Xfinity Series got its playoff started in grand fashion. Dale Earnhardt Jr. returned to action and led the most laps, but it was Christopher Bell who took the win and locked himself into the next round of the playoffs. As far as junior motorsports, Dale Jr. finished fourth, Elliott Sadler sixth, Tyler Reddick seventh, Michael Annette, 14th, and Justin Allgaier, who got caught up in a wreck, came home 32nd. In cup action on Saturday night, Kyle Busch punched his ticket into round two of the playoffs. The Las Vegas native wrestled the lead from Brad Keselowski and held off Kevin Harvick to take the W. The Junior Motorsports late model team has one of the biggest races of their season this Saturday. Josh Berry, Sam Mayer, and a huge field of late models will go 300 laps at Martinsville Speedway. Fans can watch the race streamed live on fanschoice.tv. This weekend, the Xfinity and Cup Series tackle one of the sport's biggest challenges, the debut of the Roval Course at North Carolina's Charlotte Motor Speedway. This has been your Exalta Race Center update. Exalta is the official paint partner of NASCAR, developing, manufacturing, and supplying coatings to all types of vehicles and industrial applications. For more on Exalta, please visit exaltacs.com. At One Main Financial, we believe in the importance of community. That means partnering with our neighbors to reach common goals, lending a hand when it matters most, and commitment to our neighborhoods. Community isn't just where you are. It's where you make a difference. One Main Financial, not just in the neighborhood, but part of your community. Providing personal loan solutions and one-on-one local service. 
One Main Financial. Your needs, your goals, your dreams. Offer subject to restrictions and requirements of the licensee. For licensing information, visit our website or call us. All right, we are back. Let's head in the fast lane. I'll give these... All three of us came back. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> We're all still here. Still here. <laughs> to record. Um, I'll give these guys 30 seconds uh, to answer their questions and get their, better get that dinger ready. Why? Ready. I'm not going to have to talk on this one, I don't think. <laughs> Um, the 60 Roush Xfinity car crashed again on Friday night. Have you guys ever seen a car crash as much as that car has this season? Which car? <laughs> the 60. <laughs> the 60 Roush Xfinity car? I honestly think the Virgin Mary could come spot for this car. <laughs> Jesus Christ could drive it, and it would still find a way to hit the wall. I have never seen a car hit so many things in all of my life. I don't know how many races we've run, but I bet this car has wrecked in over Was it 20 of 27 or something? percent of them. Yeah. It doesn't matter if Briscoe's in it, Majeski's in it, Cindric's uh, in it, Freddie Kraft, Brett Griffin, <laughs> Jason Schultz, Casey Haynes. It doesn't matter who's driving this car. It wrecks. Of all the people out there, <laughs> I've never seen a car wreck. That's why much. I said to get the dinger yeah. ready I, for this question. I mean, you can't argue with it. I, Bubba texts me during the race he's, and just said every week. Like, this was last week. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's literally, I think we looked up, I showed you a picture today, and I forgot to send it to Jason to screw that up. But uh, it was like 23 wrecks this time this year, and we've won, what, 26 races? Or something? Like, yeah. 23 like crashes races or 23 like 20, spins, yeah. something like that. And it's incredible. And i got to ask you, we'll get back to you here now. Like, how much of this do you think is three young, hungry guys driving this race car that are just maybe driving over their heads, trying to outdo the other one, and just crashing every I don't think week? it matters. <laughs> it, it, it really is like John West Townley and Stephen Wallace decided to have a baby <laughs> and put them in the car and let them drive. And no matter what happens, we know what's going to happen. They're going to crash. They crash every single i would get it. I, I don't i wouldn't fly with these people on an airplane to save my life because i don't like flying and i damn sure don't like crashing uh-huh. it's not bad enough they've crashed every week this week their teammate wrecked them i yeah. mean just yeah. after i wrecked them down the back straight away i don't god this should be the fastest car in the series because every week they got a new car we all want to build new cars lightweight cars they can't build these damn things fast enough i feel bad for the guys on this team they have yeah. to literally look at each other every monday morning and just go we need tequila <laughs> because how can they do this every week? I'm exhausted and I'm just, why we all, we all look on the spotter stand and go, damn, <laughs> that fool done wrecked again. I don't know. I Bless feel their so bad. I feel bad for them. I feel bad for them. If anybody deserves to have their dinner bought at the end of the year and a round of drinks, it's whoever has buckled yeah. into this car all year. NASCAR? God bless. I think I'd buy the drinks for the crew yeah. guys. I don't know the drive. The drivers. Can we all them. donate to the cause? We've got new safety equipment. Let's put it on the sixty this week and see how it works. Let's, let's test it out. Jeez. All right, heading into the elimination race at Charlotte, Clint Boyer, Jimmy Johnson, Eric Jones, and Denny Hamlin are below the cutoff line. Uh, which four drivers do you think will be eliminated after Sunday, Freddie? So I'm. Um, Going to kind of stick with the guys I picked last week or last time I was on the show. We picked four of them, me and Donor, and kind of switch up a little bit. I'm still going Jimmy Johnson out. I don't think they're going to make up enough ground this week. I don't think Danny's going to – I don't think Danny has the speed lately or anything like that to make up ground this week. So I think he's out. I think Austin Dillon's going to be out this week even though he's safe right now. And 
it'll be a toss-up, I think, between Eric Jones and uh, Alex Bowman. Either one of them could wreck at any point. So uh, between those two, a fourth one. Well, I thought Jason was going to have a list for us to look through. <laughs> uh, there should be. For, for me, well, we too. know there should be, Jason. Yeah, there is. There's standings right next to DVC picks. Oh, yeah, look at that. See, oh, I'm calling him out. He's got to keep Jason, flipping. you did a phenomenal job once again on this of show course. and this show sheet. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad to see that I our like training is I like a better design off. than the um, Dartmouth Brickley right, show sheet. TJ though. made it to, like, make it fun. I'm like, all right, I put the logo on. So, That's it? I'll work on it. So, Boyer, Johnson, Jones, Hamlin are out. Jones and Hamlin are in must-win situations, period. They're not going to leapfrog enough people. I mean, it, it, it's possible to go and potentially make up points, but you're not going to make up enough points to go from 16th to 12th. I don't I don't see that happening unless we have catastrophic wrecks, which, oh, by the way, that may happen. Um, Austin Dillon, Alex Bowman, Ryan Blaney, Clint Boyer, Jimmy Johnson – Wow. I think Jimmy's in. I think Clint's in. I think Bowman's out. I think Dylan's out. The problem is it's Charlotte and it's a Roval, so you have no clue who's going to do well. Yeah. Yeah, I misspoke. I, th- I was talking about Dylan and Boyer, not Dylan and Jones. So, yeah, Dylan, Jones, or ha- Hamlin are out. I'm sorry. Yeah. Hamlin, Jones, Dylan, and Bowman are out. A lot of names. A lot of names. A lot yeah. of names. Which I think I got three out of the four last week. I just missed Denny. Yeah. I kind of assumed Denny was going to do a little better than that. But I think Dillner did pick Denny to fall out first round. So he's the man. Yeah. He also picked Bl- – he said he, – he cut it out of the show conveniently, or maybe you did. Yeah, let's talk about no, no, yeah, Let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so he conveniently like, – Oh, yeah, he out. told me to take it out. Yeah, I'm he's sure like, he yeah. did. He, he was ready to jump on me because we were picking guys that didn't make yeah. it over surprises. And he's like, I, I, I said, I don't know. I can't really think of anybody. Menard, whoever I picked, I think Stenhouse. He's like, I got one. It's Ryan Blaney. And I'm like – well, that's a good oh, one. Oh, yeah. But, I remember yeah, that he's, now. He might be in. I'm pretty sure. I'm, <laughs> I'm fairly confident pretty he's made sure it. Pretty sure he's there. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll b- bounce on him for that. With that. Yeah. He, even though he picked Danny, he did pick Blaney to be out. So, yeah. whatever. He's he out. actually picked the fact that Blaney wasn't even ever in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm surprised Blaney wasn't in. <laughs> yeah. You're all like, I mean, uh, well. well. Hey, I'll give him credit. That would have been a surprise because he was like sixth yeah. in points. Yeah. So, if he yeah. would have missed it, that <laughs> would have been really big news. Yeah. Uh, the Charlotte Roval makes its debut this weekend. What are you guys expecting to see in both races, Brett? A shit show. <laughs> um, for you fans, turn one is extremely narrow. It's going to be very hairy on starts and on the restarts. We're not coming to the green on the road course. We're coming to the green on the oval which means that you can potentially carry more speed getting into turn one on a restart if you're starting mid-pack or back further than you would under green because we're going to skip that last chicane because you you could, I guess, do it, but we're not going to. So um, I think turn one is a big challenge. I think turns three presented a ton of problems. Even Jason's video. Viral. Viral. Yeah. Jason went viral. Jason Schultz went viral with a video that he shot of who reckon Bowman? Eric Jones. Eric Jones reckon. Um, and that's an off camber three, four, and five are kind of weird corners. So uh, I think that the the road course creates a lot of challenges and we still haven't seen them all. Even though they've been out there massaging them, they were massaging them based on us running one car at the time, not all of us being out there together. Right. Yeah. It, the Xfinity race, I think, is going to be a mess. 
I, they haven't tested there. They have a day on Thursday where it's, an optional, it's like right? an optional test. And I think everybody's going to test. Like John, I work for Johnny Davis and he's going to go test. So that kind of shows you that everybody's going to test. But I, that race with them guys not being out there and they wreck a lot as it is now. The poor guys in the 60, I mean, <laughs> they're done. they'll probably win this son of just because we're talking about it. But I mean, God, they got no I shot hope there. I they but, do at this point. I mean, uh, 60 like, and goes up from four chances direct to 16. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, the cup guys, even the cup guys, though, like we wrecked, we ran, we tested, we wrecked 30 minutes into the hour into the test. Like, there's everybody, Truex, like any cup driver that's been over there has wrecked. Like, it's so, uh, we'll see. It's just a different setup, man. It's such a narrow track, and there's nowhere to go if you run off. So, we'll see. But I think Shisho is on point. Now, for the, you say, uh, okay, so we've got partial road course, partial oval. Who do you think might be somewhat okay? I think your normal fast cars are going to go fast. Yeah. You know, in the Cup Series, it's going to be your your typical guys that you see run well at Watkins Glen are going to run well there. You know, it's it's not Sonoma. Sonoma is a very slow, a lot of elevation changes, very technical road course. Uh, Watkins Glen is the exact opposite. Very fast, very out of control. Cars hung out every single corner. You know, you're going around that carousel wide open. You're, you know, carrying a ton of speed into turn one. Like, it, it's going to be more of that. I think than it is, you know, a Sonoma style racetrack. So when you see guys who run well at Watkins Glen, they're going to run what level. I think the Freddie's point, the Xfinity series, you know, there's going to be 10 or 12 cars that are really good and everybody else is going to be really, really bad. I think that creates problems when some of these places get so, so narrow, you know, turn one, I look at it from a design standpoint and I'm like, this is a design flaw. There's no way they meant to make this look this way. And yet it does. So, a lot of, lot of problem areas, and we, again, have seen these guys wreck, and they haven't even started racing one another yet. Yeah. So well, a lot of unknowns for it, sure. It, like, I think, it, like, there's nowhere to pass. Like, no. so, I mean, it's going to be a mess. Like, because guys are going to – especially guys that are down there. You, we just talked about the guys in their playoff cut line. There's guys that are within four or five points of each other. So, I mean, it's going to be a lot of – Moving a guy a lot, and when you move a guy, there's nowhere for him to go off, so it wrecks. He comes back on the track, causes a 47 car pileup. You can be a complete moron coming to the green at this racetrack if you're sitting there. And here's the thing: we're gonna all know where we stand on the playoffs. We have fan visions. The fan visions tell us as we run exactly where we're scored in this playoff. I knew when I finished the Richmond race, you know that we had we were four points out. I was screaming at Clint to wreck Brad Kazlowski and get that point because Brad's already won a race he's already transferred he's racing us like a butthole do you with tell, 10 to go do you tell your drivers like would you like would you tell you're them like hey to. this is where you are you're in, gonna in have the standings? to you're, absolutely yeah. you're gonna have to tell them and if you're sitting there and you're Alex Bowman and Kevin Hamlin or his crew chief comes over the radio and says hey Bowman coming to the green you're five points out good luck like yeah. it's you literally hate to see that happen because you're you're asking your driver to go out and be a complete idiot but you're also asking him for all your sponsors and all your hundreds of employees back at Hendrick and, and all the families that are associated with it and all your fans. You're saying, I don't care how you get it done. Go get it done. And at some tracks, you would look at that and go, it's impossible here. <laughs> it's not. Well, we saw it. I was in the middle of this two years ago or three years ago. Kevin Harvick, Talladega, cutoff race has blown up. He is blowing up. It's a green-white checker. He's not going to finish the race. And I was right behind him. And the first restart, they said, all right, you know what? We're not going to 
you know, it is what it is. We're going to take it. They move out of the way. Let us all go. We re- the field wrecks. We have another restart. Well, they realize on that wreck on that when they re- looking at their fan vision or looking at their you know laptop, they're they are going to be out. They're going to be out by two points if that same scenario plays out. So what do they do now? They go back up to where they're supposed to restart. They restart the race. We go around them. He hangs a right, wrecks me, wrecks a whole field. Now they make they end up making it into the chase because he just wrecked the whole field and beat all them guys that are wrecked. So I mean, you, you, they're obviously paying attention to it, and guys are going to do what they have to do to transfer to that next round, and it's going to turn into a miss. Regardless of what you think, I mean, Freddie, just you were spotting for Trevor Bain, then, yeah. and Harvick wrecked Trevor Bain coming to the green at Talladega. That's on record, right? Um, and it put Harvick into the playoff. Regardless of what you think, the guy strapped into that seat, the guy putting that helmet on. His job is to get him and his team into the next round. And it's a lot of pressure on him. It's a lot of pressure on his crew chief. And that turn one at Charlotte opens itself up for a complete mess. Heartburn turn. Heartburn turn. Is that what they're calling it? Tums is sponsoring it. The Tums heartburn turn. Yeah, they painted the whole ground. Oh, my God. Can we get any more country than that? (laughs) The Tums heartburn turn. Here we are live at Charlotte Motor Speedway at the Roval. They should have sold I, one of the goodies because there's going to be a goodies headache. I thought it was corner. like I thought it was uh, something else. Corner um, calamity. Yeah, <laughs> that's the unofficial no, sponsor. No, that was this week. Climax corner. Climax corner. <laughs> I thought we what? had a climax. That corner. was turn. That was turn four. Richmond this week. It was climax. Climax Is he gonna corner. Designate one this weekend. What maybe? a great place to sit. I mean, you always want to come to climax corner. <laughs> You can get Tums down here, and you can get Climax <laughs> down here. What a great – Hey, that's why you come to the racetrack right yeah. there. Yeah. You can get it all. I'm not going to lie. I have to work the race this weekend, and I am making no plans because I feel like this race is going to last five hours long. I want a shirt that says Climax Corner. Oh <laughs> With on the back it says, Tums Heartburn. <laughs> I figured you'd say meet me here. You work with your track. You yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Meet Ethan. me there. <laughs> Oh, no. I got nothing. All right. <laughs> awesome. Off the wall topic. The Iowa State Fair is selling cookie dough spaghetti and meatballs with cookie dough noodles. I'm not going to lie. I need this. A chocolate meatball and a strawberry red sauce as well. W- would you eat this? And what is your favorite strange fair food? <laughs> this sounds awful. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, I'm not a big sweets guy. I think I've talked about that. Blech. But it, this is disgusting. <laughs> But I mean, a lot of fair food is disgusting. We used Arca racing. We used to go to uh, like the Decoin track and Springfield State Fair, and that was yeah. all the same thing. And they they got if you can think of anything they can bread and deep fry, they they've got it. it. Like yeah. I think I had deep fried butter one time. Like oh, it was disgusting. Deep fried bacon, like mm-hmm. Oreos. Oreos are good now. Reese's, but like this stuff here just sounds terrible. Oh, I think it's great, honestly. Man, I'm not a big fair guy. I don't trust those rides. <laughs> We're talking about the food, not the oh, rice. I like creme brulee. They have creme brulee. Does that have anything they to do with got, the question that was just asked? They probably got deep fried creme brulee somewhere. <laughs> I love creme brulee. I don't, I don't like sweets. Cookie dough is so good. I like pound cake. I like German chocolate cake. I like cream cherry pie. And I like creme brulee. I was at Eldora this weekend, and I must say they had some great fair food. The, Steak on a stick. The best fair food ever is at the monster truck pull thing that they do. You know what I'm talking about? That big truck tractor pull. pull. That tractor pull thing <laughs> that they do monster truck in pull. Ohio. <laughs> oh, the tractor pull in Ohio is phenomenal foods. 
that all those food That's vendors. The same thing. They it's got probably cheese, the same place. They're both in Ohio. They cheese got curds. Cheese curds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, I tear some cheese curds now. Whoo! I ain't big on all this other stuff you mentioned here, though, Jason. I will take it because I love cookie dough. I'll eat the whole thing of cookie dough. Cookie dough. That's, I thought you're not supposed to eat cookie dough. I thought mm-hmm. that was like Whatever. give you the our worms. Parents lying to us. Give you the worms. Won't it? I think that's no. They have edible lie. cookie dough. Yeah, oh, it's don't give me worms. Like, I guess don't have. I egg make a, My friend Morgan taught me how to do a cookie skillet. So we. I'm it coming takes, over. Oh, it's <laughs> so good. I always eat the like rest of the cookie dough because you can't take the whole tube. So. Yeah. That's basically in my wedding diet. Just so you know. Perfect. Is that helping your stress level? <laughs> that no. you're not telling us about. <laughs> Being secretive. Um, ask DVC. <laughs> well, there's just you. a lot going on. What's that lady that helps people? Doctor Ruth. What? That's a different. That's a whole. That's <laughs> a whole different thing. That's about stress relief. Doctor Phil. Doctor Phil. Climax Corner relief. Yes. yes. Doctor Ruth is all about Climax sure Corner. Doctor Ruth. We're, we're, nope, that's not. We're Doctor. <laughs> we're Doctor Phil for you. Thank you. <laughs> You guys are here for me. Yeah. Appreciate it. All Could you imagine if your first name was Phil and your last name was D's? Uh, <laughs> I thought TJ was off today. <laughs> yeah, I know. I guess he showed up anyway. One of my best friends' last name's D's. D's. Seriously. <laughs> All right. Ask CBC. <laughs> first question. Dear God. <laughs> We're back. All right. It's been a few weeks off. Yeah, clearly. Tom Berlin 58 asks, who will be the next driver to win 50 races not named Kevin Harvick? Got Hamlin with 31, Kurt with 30, Kozlowski with 27, Logano, and Truex tied for 19. Thoughts? Man, I thought Logano was going to be the guy. He got the Penske and set the world on fire, you know, after kind of struggling at Gibbs in a car that, that won a lot of races with Tony Stewart and the championship with Tony Stewart. And then we saw him fade and uh, got a huge second win when he got to Penske, went and signed this big seven-year contract and uh, hasn't won as many races since then. You know, from a, from a pure age standpoint, we know that Kurt Busch is out. We know that Denny Hamlin's getting close to being out. Um, Truex went on a tear in the 78 car. Very unpredictable what he'll do when he gets to Gibbs because the car that he's getting in hasn't won a race in, in some time, really since Matt won at uh, at Phoenix almost two full years ago. So, you know, it, it takes a combination. You know, fast cars go fast. I've always said that. But it takes a guy who can, can call a good race, a guy that can drive a good race, a spotter that can mm-hmm. spot a good race. Um, but of these guys, Logano is, is the youngest, and, and therefore I would say he has the best chance. But he's got to get back hot. Yeah. I'm taking a guy not on the list. I'm going Kyle Larson. I don't I don't think any of these guys get to 50, just age alone. Um, I think when these guys start to retire, I think Kyle Larson's going to start to dominate. The only thing that can prevent him from getting to 50 wins is the World Outlaw Series. What When's he going to leave NASCAR to go run that, and especially with this new package coming in that we've been talking about for a couple weeks now? Yeah. Uh, so I, I would say Kyle Larson is your best bet to get to 50 next. Uh, just based on this list here in front of us with the ages of these guys. I don't think anybody – I mean, that's a lot of races for some – that's 20, 30 races. Maybe Danny can get there if we run short tracks all the time. But I say just on town alone and where the sport's going, I think Kyle's going to start picking off five, six a year here pretty soon. And if he stays around long enough, he can get to 50. You know, that new package caught a lot of rumors this weekend at the yeah. track. You know, Freddie and I were talking about it. Um, there was a rumor that we were going to run uh, a partial – plate package you know the all-star package what do they call it the high down for uh, force package yeah. basically the tall real spoiler package well apparently when they voted on this package some of the owners stood up and said we don't want to have to build two cars 
So it now appears that the package is trending toward being everywhere next year. That wow. when we get to Richmond, we'll have a big spoiler. You know, when we get to Martinsville, we'll have a big spoiler. They'll change how much horsepower, you know, they're they're allowing or not allowing, depending on where we're at. But based on the way it's trending as of this week, and look, this changes all the time. It's a moving target. But there's a lot more uh, rumors around us running that package everywhere versus just half the downforce tracks. Interesting. Interesting. It is. from Especially a Especially with the negative feedback that it's getting right now from the drivers. I think from the owner's standpoint, though, it was a cost thing. You know, the owners are standing up going, hey, you want us to build two cars. And it helps us to, if we're only building one because then we have more replacements when we have problems. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out the next few weeks. I personally have, uh, have stood up and said, Man, I, I want a driver to be a value, and I think this devalues their talent to some degree. I still think the the best big budget teams are going to still figure out ways to go faster, but it it certainly changes the game for us to hear that we may be running this thing everywhere. I wish that they could just come up with. I mean, obviously financially, it's not a good idea, but they need to just do like, all right, you know what, we're going to do this package everywhere next year. This big, you know, big spoiler, big ducks in the front, you know, flow air. All right, so. In a perfect world, you go, all right, we're going to run that for a year. Then the following year, I want to run, make these things as hard as you possibly can to drive. You know, high horsepower, low downforce, take all the arrow away they can, and just see which way the racing goes, which is a better race. Because I think if without you know without all this arrow and more motor, make these guys drive these race cars where they got to spend time off throttle. We've talked about this a lot. The more time you spend off throttle, the better the racing is. Like, just make these guys drive the race cars. Make them easier to drive. Is all I'm going to do is chase away our superstars and prevent guys from wanting to come into the sport. When you have racers being race car drivers, and you have racers that are crew chiefs, and by racers I mean you know guys like Rodney Childers that have raced. Um, when they want one thing, and then when you have engineers and business people who want another thing. It's 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 crazy what they come up with because it's two completely different scenarios. And that's what we're seeing. So be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, there's still time. Yeah. But as of this week, you know, we're trending more toward a common uh, package everywhere. Yes, they can change the size of the ducts. Yes, they can change the size of the plate. Uh, but we're certainly hearing that that's what's happening. We'll see. Mike Bain, thirty four, asks. Is it second nature to use different verbiage between two different drivers you're spotting for? I'd imagine Sadler and Boyer like <laughs> like to have different info or in a different way. No, I mean it, it comes down to what they need, right? I don't. My lingo doesn't really change. My verbiage doesn't change. Uh, the amount that I talk does change. I mean, Clint's ten laps into the place at Richmond, saying, "Hey, you got to tell me where to run. I need some coaching." I'm like, "Man, we haven't even really gotten going here yet." You know, whereas Elliot methodically already knows when he's starting the race, kind of mindset-wise, how he sees the run progressing and what he's going to do in the car. So it just comes down to, and maybe I talk too much now for Elliot because of Clint. Maybe I don't talk enough for Clint because of Elliot because it is hard to kind of balance each guy having their own needs. But at the end of the day, that's what we're up there to do is provide to them what, what they need. You know, Freddie's spotted for uh, a lot of different guys. I mean, I've spotted for a lot of guys. Michael Waltrip, Kevin Harvick, Casey Kane. You know, um, Jeff Burton, you know, Elliot Sadler, Clint Boyer, yada, yada, yada. It goes on and on and on. And those are across all different series. But you still try to be you, and, and then they tell you, hey, I need more of this, less of that. Yeah, the same. Like you said, you know, I've done a couple guys over the years in Cup now, and but I've been with Bubba for 10 years. So I kind of been progressively listening to other people and trying to get better at my own craft. And 
kind of folding that in a Bubba. So, like, I base everything off of what I do with Bubba because he obviously he likes what I do. So then if I go spot for somebody, for instance, Greg Biffle a couple years ago, I spotted the way I spot for Bubba for him. And he's like, man, that's a good job, but just I don't need all the information. I just need to go to the guys down there. I don't need to know exactly where he's at down there. You know what I mean? So, like Brett said, you kind of do the same. You kind of talk the same. You just maybe change the amount of info you give to each guy. Kyle Bush doesn't want to know that he's clear by one because that makes him look in his mirror. Kyle Bush wants to know if they're inside or if he's clear. You know, I did a plate race for him at Talladega. And and so it's just little things that they want. They're in the cockpit. They got their helmet on. They're concentrating. They're trying to go 200 miles an hour, pass cars, navigate wrecks, do all these things. So they have in their mind the music that they want to hear. And that's the channel that they're going to put it on, right? So you got to be that music. Now, for the playoffs, I mentioned this earlier. Do they want to know, hey, this guy that's ahead of you in the playoffs that you need to beat is this far back or this far Not ahead Not until of you? now. Okay. These elimination races are where that really comes into play. So, you know, you know who you're racing at all points in time. For the championship, for your spot in the points, right, for all that stuff, you, you know in the back of your minds. But now, going into an elimination race – mathematically it becomes to where you have to know every single detail and you can't get caught up in it from the time you take the green because you have to go out there and excel in stage one, get points, excel in stage two, get points. But at the end of the race, it's going to matter. People are going to want to know, am I good by eight? Because if you're good by eight points, that means that nine people would have to pass you for you to be out. Right? So you're, you're managing that whole thing. But you can't get caught up in that too early because you'll get distracted and you'll get wrecked. Yeah, we had that a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, two years ago with Bubba in the Xfinity playoffs. We uh, we got down to the end of the race. We had some damage. We were, like, right on the borderline. And early in the race, I had said something to him about it. He said, man, I don't want – just – I don't care. Don't tell me. I'm just going to keep running. And, you know, when we get towards the end, let me know. And we had a restart. We're like, five to go. I said, I need two spots. Just You got to do what you got to do to get me two spots right here. And he three wide to the top. And, you know, but, like – He's one instance where he never wants to hear the word points all year long until like it's but, down to the last restart. Yeah. Here's what we need. If you know, if you and if you got if if you need twenty points, just go. Hey man, just give me what you can get here and see what happens. You know, but if it's two points and he needs to know that, or they need to know they need two or five or or whatever. You know, if it's something that they can manageably make happen. Interesting. TJ submitted the question. He may not be here, but he's still here. Hi. Hey TJ. <laughs> What's y'all's approach going into the Roval being on the outside? Do you kind of just let things settle and then be aggressive in the second half of the race, or do you attack from the beginning? I actually talked to Clint on the way here, and we know that we have to attack from the time we unload. We have got to qualify top 12. That puts us in position to get stage points, which puts you in position in the next stage to get stage points. You know, what we don't understand, though, here, Casey, is these things are going to flip. We'll see guys pit with two to go. And they'll pit with two to go because it inverts the field after the caution. We can't really play that game early on. If we get an opportunity to go out and get seven, eight, or nine points, we got to take that option because we know that the guys we're racing are going to take that option if they're in position or even if we take that option and it opens the door up for them to take it, they're going to come in and get points. So I would think, uh, I know Clint's mindset is to go as hard as we can go the whole race. That's my mindset. It's going to come down to strategy um as far as what can you do to get the most points possible stage one for me is a pretty easy play stage two sets you up to finish the race so to some degree you have to find balance there depending on where you're running if you're running 10th and you're only going to forfeit one point by coming with two to go you can afford to do that in order to maximize your finish on the back end and make those points up there but if you're running third 
you can't give up eight points in order to set yourself up to finish well at the end, not knowing what may happen. You've got to take the points that are on the table. Yeah, we saw that. I think last year it was uh, Stenhouse, Brian Patty, who I think is one of the best at one of the best. calling a race and putting his guys in great position, transferred at Dover because of that. Like pitch strategy, he took – I don't remember exactly how it worked out, but he took two tires, whatever it was, and got – like seven or eight stage points in that stage. They weren't a third or fourth place car, no. but got them stage points, ended up finishing, you know, right around the three car that who I think they were racing. But because of those stage points in that round, they transferred by a couple points. So like you said, like, like we see these plate um, road course races all the time, the field splits and stuff, but guys in your position, the 48, uh, you know, guys like that that are right on the cusp are going to have to do everything they can to get in them top tens. Yeah. It's crazy. Anything you guys want to rant about? No, I think we've, enough yeah yeah i think we've told the um we've laid down the mm-hmm. truth truth is truth. truth yeah the truth so you have a busy week out here in charlotte um it's not too bad but a lot of like programs as we you know the playoffs are always crazy from any sponsor yeah. standpoint too especially you know any driver sponsor i i've been on the miller course side where it's like brad being in contention for the championship and he went all the way to to Miami, it's like you have to plan for a party that may not happen. Right. And like apparel that may not be distributed. You know what I mean? So I think from a sponsor standpoint, there's a, a lot that a, a lot of people are working on too. Yeah. So there's a lot of if thens. And then it used to be extremely hard on these Xfinity teams because you would go to Miami knowing that you had a one in four chance to win and you had a banquet the next day and nobody had a tuxedo. <laughs> So yeah. they've actually changed some of the way they're doing some of those things because it was really expensive to to kind of do that on the fly for these Xfinity teams to try to bring back all the guys, you know, yeah. because your your plan was to travel home after the race. Well, now it's travel home, travel back, bring their wives, get tuxedos, yada, 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 you know, hotels. It gets expensive quickly. And trust me, it's a party you're glad to throw. Right. But logistically. There's a lot, a lot to play in. It's a nightmare. You can almost, I can bet on one guy to win the Xfinity Championship right now. I run into Daniel Hemrick the other night, and uh, they have, there was a group going away together to Hawaii at some point in this offseason, and it falls. They weren't paying attention, booked this trip, yeah. and it falls on the Xfinity banquet. <laughs> so now you can bet your money he's going to win this championship. <laughs> so he can't go on this trip, and he's going to have to go to the banquet and well, now <laughs> it's um, so Xfinity announced that the champion gets to go to Universal Studios. And so I know, like, I don't know if Justin usually races in the off season. Doesn't he go out of the country or something? Like, there's uh, a New Zealand or something, probably. Like, oh, no, that's that's over, believe me, that's over Christmas and New Year's. Oh, <laughs> um, sorry. I think he goes somewhere else. But, like, I mean, there's a lot that people are planning for, and should be interesting who yeah. this champion is. I can't ABC wait. picks. I'm going with Kurt Busch. Who's TJ? And guys? TJ's going Denny Hamlin. Good luck, Denny. Good luck, TJ. Hope you're having fun in Kansas. <laughs> Trying to get an upper hand on those of us that aren't in Kansas. <laughs> Out there with Dorothy and Toto <laughs> doing your thing. Kansas would be a good place to test. They got all them bars and restaurants. I was right about there. to say, I'm uh, excited to go to Kansas. I like that. Not place. that there's anywhere it's good to go to. Kansas but. is fun, man. The whole area is fun around think, the racetrack. I think Brett is a little bitter that he's not there right now. I'm not bitter at all. No. I he's promise. not bitter that he's not there. He's bitter that his car's not there. I do not do well <laughs> in testing. <laughs> I don't do well with anything that I get bored at, and there's nothing more boring than testing. Oh, you read every page of the internet while you're testing. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes your car. <laughs> We've had some fun testing. Though. Then you just sit there. 
Meow. Well, you sit there. Eight hours. Unless you lose your wallet. Then you panic. <laughs> <laughs> then it's not boring. To lose your wallet? Yeah. No, you well, didn't lose no, it. Well, no, not technically. I thought I lost Misplaced. It. Yeah. <laughs> Misplaced. So what happened was I took my protein bar and put it in my pocket. <laughs> and I put my wallet in my travel kit. I mixed the two up when I was getting ready that morning. Same thing. At 6 o'clock. Because I don't do well getting up that early either. We were about an hour into this test, and I said, uh, uh, we, we might have partaken in some beverages the night before. And I said, man, I'm kind of notorious for leaving my credit card at certain mm-hmm. establishments. You're not kind of notorious. You leave your credit card every <laughs> weekend somewhere. So I said to Brett the next morning, it was like 10 o'clock. I think Clint was on the track. And I said, one good thing about my last night was I've I've got my wallet. I've got my credit cards. That's good. And Brett went, checked his pockets. And next thing I knew, I was spotting for Clint. Cause, cause hey, hey, hold my hold my radio. <laughs> I don't know where my wallet's at. Clint's probably like, who is this? I, I didn't say anything. So I got a hell of a protein bar in my left pocket, but I don't have a wallet. Uh, All right. Well, can't wait for Charlotte. It's good to be home, man. Yeah, it is good yeah. to be home. You can't imagine. Like, we leave Vegas, and, and the only thing leaving Vegas I can think of is I want to race at home. I don't want to go to Richmond. I don't want to go anywhere. So it's really good to be home. Absolutely. We're uh it's going to be crazy, man. Like, if I were a fan and I live within two, three hours of this you place, go, yeah. I would buy a 12-pack of beer and come to the race I'm telling you right now, if you want a place to sit, somebody even tweeted us on Twitter the other day about this, like, places to sit, which is, I think, turn one, you can see most of the racetrack. But that last corner, I don't know what they're planning on doing with curbing in that corner. But, like, if you've seen the racetrack, the way it lays out, you got that last chicane coming to the checker flag. And there is a small patch of grass that mm. that is between you and pavement. So if you're running third coming to the checker and you need that win, like, right? I mean, I, it I'm wouldn't stop it. me. No, but you know, there was some pretty substantial curbs there. One of the races, but I mean, I try it. You know, why not? Hell with it. But if that's you, that's where you want to sit. I think coming off that last corner, just because it it might get a little exciting coming to the checker. I saw they're doing a promotion, and I didn't read the whole thing. But college kids can buy tickets for like twenty five dollars. Yep. I've always said. These racetracks and these states are really missing it because college kids love a good time. Yep. And if you give them an affordable, fun party package, they're coming. I'd send the freaking buses to the Greek some village. Some tracks do that. Uh, Talladega, they'd bring like Alabama and uh, what, some other school there. They'd bring a bus and they'd party. I'd do a hospitality. Into- I'd bring in some local yeah. talent from the college, man. I'd make it a, a hell of a deal because I think there's a big opportunity for tracks to do some promotions around that. So. I know they're not in my brain, but it's nice to see them finally coming up with some ideas. Other Usually on Charlotte weekend, we always had the fall break during race weekend. But this year, since it's a week earlier, it's all the kids are in college still. So, nice. yeah, $25, free parking, Ferris wheel. Jason's going to buy a ticket. Is there going to be a Ferris wheel? Turn four. Climax, turn. Climax, Climax, corner. <laughs> Climax corner's at now. Thanks, y'all, for listening. All right. Thank you, One Man Exalta. <laughs> Have a good week, guys. We're out. You've been listening to Door Bumper Clear, brought to you by One Main. For updates on Elliott Sadler and the number one junior motorsports team, go to OneMainRacing.com. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.